0: keep having to go back and listen to the previous episodes because I keep forgetting how to start a podcast. (laughs) But, you know, we're figuring it out. And by we, I mean me. I'm figuring it out. Thanks for sticking with me. One, two, three, go! Welcome to my podcast. I'll do my best to keep it fast. It's about trying stuff online and what I'm learning all the time. How to come up with new content when your posts are super frequent. Different ways to show your brand, and when practice should end. Welcome to the podcast trying my name is Taylor Glenn and this is my podcast it's all about my experiences on social media and sort of the behind the scenes look at what that takes and what I learn and I learn a lot I've been doing social media for almost two years and in that time I feel like I've learned a mountain of information and I want to share it with you because I was taught to share as a kid and that's what we're gonna do this week i wanted to talk about something that i get asked about all the time which is how did i come up with things to post every single day like how do you come up with a lot of content if you were wanting to post frequently how do you come up with things to post that is what we're going to talk about today yeah before we do that i wanted to take a moment and thank all the members of my otter club for their continued patronage Thank you so much. A special thanks to my legendary otters. That's Steven, Doug, and Wurzel. I really appreciate you guys. You're legendary. Anyone who wants to join the Otter Club on Patreon can do that by going to patreon.com slash taylortries. There's lots of great stuff you get, and most importantly, you get the satisfaction of knowing that I get to eat this week. There's that. (laughs) (sighs) I gotta reposition myself. I'm uncomfortable. Well, So posting a lot of content, that is hard. I've talked about that a few times already on the podcast. In the first episode, I talked about how important it is to post consistently when you're trying to grow on Instagram. And I've even talked about it regarding YouTube and how I struggle with that personally creating a lot of content. But having done this now for a couple years, I don't as much struggle with coming up with things to post as much as I do being able to edit them quickly, which I talked about in the last episode. But when I first started out, there was definitely a block there that made it difficult to come up with things to post so frequently. That's the biggest question, right? How do you come up with things to share every single day when that's your goal? I get this question all the time, and for good reason, it's really difficult. There's a lot of creativity and inspiration that needs to happen, but I think people make it a lot harder than it needs to be. Let me explain. So I follow a lot of jugglers, obviously, we know this. I'm a juggler and I liked watching juggling. So I follow a lot of jugglers. And usually the content that I see jugglers post are a series of tricks, combos, really beautiful things. But the videos they post on Instagram, for example, tend to be pretty long. They almost are a minute long, which is the limit on Instagram. And they are composed of a lot of different pieces. So they've got a minute-long video that has seven or eight different tricks in it. And they're packaging it in a really great way where they're making it a sequence and a combo, which is very valuable to jugglers. That is absolutely true. But I see their posts and they do this every single time. When I approached posting on Instagram, I actually did the opposite. I tended to post single trick videos that were shorter. So instead of having a minute-long video with six different tricks, I had six different 10-second videos. And there are a few reasons why I did that. The first being that I honestly just am not very good at making combos and fluidly moving from trick to trick when I juggle. I tend to be a very one-trick juggler. I do a trick, I practice it, I stop. I do another trick, I practice it, I stop. It's actually a flaw in my juggling. I'm not proud of that fact as a juggler, But when it came to posting online, I think it actually aided me a lot. It helped because again, it gave me more content. And interestingly enough, I actually got a lot of hate for that at the beginning from the juggling community itself. When I first started posting, I would post them in a popular Facebook juggling group, and I kept getting backlash from jugglers saying that my tricks were too simple, they weren't good enough to be posting on their own, they should have been compiled into a compilation and shared that way because this way it's just a bunch of unrelated videos that is stupid. I got a lot of hate for it. I want to be clear, I also got a lot of support from the juggling community. For the most part, the juggling community is awesome. Very supportive, but there was a group of jugglers who just really hated that I was posting one-trick videos. But as I said, that was more comfortable for me because that's how I juggle in general. And I did intentionally want to do one-trick videos for a couple other reasons. One being that I knew I had to make more content. I wanted to post every single day, and if I was going to post every day, I needed to make it simpler. I decided that I couldn't do long creative sequences Maybe once in a while I could, but I couldn't do it every day. What I could do every day is a trick that I know. I could film a trick and post it. That was doable. And that was more important to me than whether... 15 jugglers online didn't like it. In addition to that, there was another reason why I chose to do simpler tricks and one-off tricks rather than doing compilations and complicated sequences, and that was that it honestly allowed me to keep track of what I knew. I've always tried to treat social media as a sort of journal first. I wanted it to be for me. I wanted it to be something that kept track of where I was and how much I've improved. And so by simpling the videos that I was making, I was almost creating a catalog of things that I knew how to do. And I honestly did think about it that way when I was doing it. I'd be like, okay, this is a trick I know. Great. And then the next day I would make another trick that I know. And then the next day I'd do another trick that I know. And eventually I would learn new tricks and I would add to it. And I still go back and watch my old videos because I have tricks in there that I don't remember how to do. And I'm so happy that I have this snapshot of a trick that I learned. And I honestly think that if the trick was put in the middle of some complicated sequence, I would not have as easy access to remember it. It just would be harder for me to go back and review it. And I knew that going in. So that was a big reason why I wanted to simplify my videos. I wanted to make them one trick. Another reason why I chose to do that, there are so many reasons. I really, I just, I will defend this decision for a long time. I think posting one trick videos was a great choice. And I think that it offers more value than the alternative. And so I'm gonna keep explaining it and or justifying it. So so honestly, the final reason why I did that is the biggest in my opinion. And it's because I was thinking about the audience. No matter how much I'd always treat social media as a thing for me, as a sort of journal, I also was very aware of the audience that I was projecting to, the people who I wanted to see my videos. And I realized that there was a lot of jugglers online who were posting to try to be like the best jugglers out there. They wanted to show how great they were, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to post videos that were easy to understand. I wanted to post videos that were for people who were just getting into juggling. And for me, I thought that was a good decision because A, there are more of them. (laughs) There are only so many seven ball jugglers in the world who are gonna watch your seven balls and be like, yeah, awesome. And there's only slightly more people who can even watch seven balls and understand what that is. But you can get a huge audience of people who can juggle three balls and who can comprehend this weird three ball trick that you have, but can't necessarily do it yet. And so they'll still be impressed, but they're not going to be intimidated or bored. And to me, that was clearly a better audience to market to, or at least it was a bigger audience. And and I just wanted to impact a lot of people. I wanted people to see my stuff. I wanted to share it. And then on top of that, I wanted it to feel relatable. You know, seven balls is crazy cool. It's amazing. But it's not super relatable to a lot of people. And even crazy sequences. You know, I watch jugglers juggle these beautiful sequences. I can appreciate it to an extent, but then I also just get overwhelmed and I get exhausted by it because it's so unrelatable to me. And so I wanted to make content that was relatable to my audience. And that ended up being simpler, shorter videos. (laughs) So all of that is just to say that one of the main ways that I was able to come up with a lot of content was that I simplified it. Instead of putting a bunch of tricks in one video, I cut them up into a bunch of different videos. And I don't think that that's something that everyone should do or has to do, but I think that that's smart. No matter what your brand is, I think it's a smart thing to be aware of. That if you simplify it just a little bit or you break it down, you'll get more content. So if you're a basketball player, you might have one post that's you shooting a crazy cool basket. You might have another post that's you dribbling in a cool way. You might have another post of you spinning a ball on your finger. And you can cycle through those kind of genres of posts over and over again, but with slightly different things. As opposed to just making one video where you're doing a cool dribble, you're spinning the ball, and then you're shooting. Now, I think that's really cool and you can still do that. But if you do that every time, you're gonna exhaust your resources really quickly. I personally think that it's a smart move to maybe do a cool compilation of all of that stuff, but then in between those videos, you can do simpler posts in between those. That's one of the main things that I would tell people if they're asking, how do I make more content? Break it down, make it simpler. It gives you more content and it's often more relatable to your audience. That brings me to the next piece of advice that I wanna give if you're struggling with making a lot of content, and that's variety. One of the biggest mistakes that I personally see on people's feeds is that they don't have a lot of variety. Now, I actually think that I'm guilty of this to an extent, right? You look at my Instagram feed and it's a bunch of videos of me doing three balls over and over again. It's not a lot of variety. I am definitely guilty of this, but I also still try to add variety. I'll try to throw in a ukulele video or a cardistry video or something. I'll still try to do that. It doesn't mean that every single post has to be super different. It just means that you think about different ways that you can do something. When you approach posting in that way, when you go into making a new piece of content and you think about how can I add variety to what I already have, that will naturally open up a whole world of possible posts that you can make. So if I look at my feed, I might see that I've done four or five three ball juggling tricks this week. Okay, well then the next one, why don't I try doing a four ball trick? Or a five ball trick? Or a three club trick? In just that moment of thinking, I've created threads that I could follow to create a different type of content. It's so easy to get in these patterns of doing the same things that we do all the time. We forget that if you just veer off course a little bit, it will force you into this weird creative mode and it will add variety and it will open up a lot of doors. So first we talked about simplifying and creating more content that is simple rather than less content that's more complex. And second is creating more variety. Thinking of different versions of what you're doing to add variety so that it gives you more things that you can post. If you're a juggler who juggles clubs, try adding one more. Or try taking one away. Just do two. What can you do with one club on your face, you know? For me, I've done videos where I just needed something to post and I thought, what if I just do one ball today? And I came up with something interesting with one ball. And I have another one where I did two. Or I thought, okay, what if I try to do a clay motion style trick today? I haven't done one of those in a while. Or what if I do a club trick? By intentionally thinking about variety and adding variety to your feed, it opens up a lot of potential content. It's it's really fun. And I actually think it's really creative and good for your brain. Now, another part of variety. Uh, that I want to talk about is that, yes, there is variety in what you're posting, but there's also variety in how you're posting it. On one hand, yeah, you might look at my feed and say, oh, all of her videos are of juggling, there's not a lot of variety there. And I would agree with you to an extent. (laughs) But I would also say that there is quite a bit of variety in how I'm presenting it. And that's my next tip. Thinking about variety in terms of how the image looks or how you're doing it. So I can be juggling three balls, But I can film that in a couple different ways. I could show it straight on, that's one post. I could show it from above, that's another post. I could show it from below, there's another post. I could show it from my point of view with a GoPro, there's another post. I could do it underwater, there's another post. I could do it bounce juggling, you know, it's still three ball juggling, that's a post. I could do it with water balloons. I can do it with thumbtacks. I could do it with glow balls. When you start thinking about how to present the thing that you want to show, rather than just focusing on different things to show, I think that you can add so much variety to things. You know, that's how I came up with one of my most successful videos ever, which is me juggling as viewed from above. It was just as simple as like hey, what does this look like from a different angle? It didn't take that much more effort for me to do that. It's still a trick that I normally would post anyway, but now it's completely different and it's added so much variety. Not only has it added variety in like what the audience is feeling, it's also added a lot of variety as a snapshot to my feed. So if you're scrolling through my feed, you'll see that it looks different. And that's important too. You know, maybe you're just in a different spot. I honestly think that if I go outside and shoot a video, of one thing, like juggling. And then if I come inside and do that in this space, I think that's worth having two different videos. You know, it can be almost identical in what's happening, but it's presented in a different way. It's not just that the trick has to be different. It's like the presentation, the package is different. And that's super valuable. I think that that can open up so many doors to your creativity and to your your toolkit of things to post. I don't claim to be the world's most creative Instagram poster by any means. But I am really proud of the creativity that I brought to the last two years of posting on Instagram. And I think, honestly, a lot of that creativity came from just doing it. The biggest answer to the question of how do you come up with things to post is you just do it. When you set a deadline for yourself and you tell yourself that you're going to do it frequently or on a schedule you figure it out. There were days when I wasn't sure what to post and I didn't have a new trick and I didn't have some crazy great thing to post, but I just thought about it for five minutes and I thought, what can I do right here? What can I do right now? And I made it work. Creativity can thrive under pressure. And if you create pressure for yourself, you might be surprised at how creative you can get and how you will come up with new things to post. And the more you do it, I think the better you get at it. Now when I walk around my day, I see a thousand different things that I could turn into Instagram posts, things that I never would have thought about before. But because my brain is in that mode and has practiced coming up with creative things to post, it's a skill in and of itself, and you get better at it. But you have to practice it. You have to set those deadlines. You have to create a schedule And you have to put that pressure on yourself. So I think about this stuff a lot. And I think about the fact that I'm very different from somebody who might be trying to run like a fashion brand or a store. We're going to have different techniques and approaches to this whole social media thing. But I love thinking about how maybe they would do better. And I think that there are a lot of common things that we all can do to do better on social media, regardless of whether you're a company or a brand or a girl in her room juggling. I think it really comes down to knowing your brand and what you want to present to the world and who you want to present it to. And yeah, I am a brand. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people know that now, Taylor Tries is a brand. But even back when I first started, I knew that I was creating something for the world to see, which is a brand. It might just be me. It's still me. It's very honest to who I am. But it's still a sort of intentional version of that. And that's a brand. And so when you post on social media it doesn't matter who you are if you're wanting to grow you need to think about what that is to you what that brand is and i think if you can think about what that is and what you want it to say that should help you come up with things to post because if you have a a personality or a persona a brand (laughs) then you're going to have more of a tone associated with it And if you have a tone, you can do so many different types of posts that fit under that tone rather than just a thing that you post. You know, if you're somebody who juggles, that's fine. But what is your tone? For me, it was being quirky and trying weird things. You know, I was very intentional when I named my Instagram. It wasn't Taylor Juggles. And even though 90% of my videos are of juggling, I wanted it to be tailored tries because I wanted to have the freedom to post more than just juggling. I wanted to eventually be able to post things of me trying new skills and sports and hobbies and cooking and whatever. And that was an intentional brand choice. That was a tone that I picked. And so no matter what you're wanting to share, think about the tone that's associated with it and think about other types of posts that might fit in that tone and establish it. There's so many things that I think people don't think about as potential posts. For example, if you're a wedding photographer, you might be inclined to just show pictures of the wedding. The pictures that you took. This is the final product. This is what I can make. You should hire me. Blah, 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 blah. That's fine. That will reach some people, especially if you're really good. I think you can grow that way. But why not create more of a tone with it instead of being this kind of impersonal corporate version of a wedding photographer where it's just the final picture. Put personality behind it. Put tone. Show why your wedding photography is unique. And I'm sorry, it's probably not unique just because of the photos. A lot of the time, they all look pretty similar, especially to the untrained eye. But how can you set yourself apart? A lot of that comes from personality and tone associated with your brand. So if you're a wedding photographer, yes, you should absolutely post your final pictures because those are your products. But also think about different ways that you can get that tone across. Perhaps you post the sort of candid pictures that go with the final beautiful photo, or you post behind the scenes video of the shoot, or post a picture of you, the photographer. You see what I'm saying? Just thinking about different ways that you can get that tone across. If you have a fashion line, yeah, you could just show pictures of models in your clothing, absolutely. Or you could do that plus pictures of you making the stuff or showing where it's made or showing the different materials that are going into it or doing little videos about each model who's wearing them or whoever you made the clothing for. You can expand the potential of posts By thinking about different ways to get that personality out there and that tone. Because that is more important than whatever product you're selling. A really good example of this is Nike. Nike has been the king of branding for a long time. And their Instagram is no exception to that. They have great Instagram presence. And it amazes me how time and time again, their focus on Instagram is not their product. It is the people who use the product. And that is Nike's brand, right? Nike's brand is you. They want you to see yourself in their clothes. They want you to see people who you want to be in their clothes. They want to inspire you. They want to push you. They want to motivate you. That's their tone. That is their brand. That's their personality. And every single one of their Instagram posts shows that. They're all about the athletes and the people wearing the clothes. It's not just photos of, look at our new leggings with the Nike swoosh on it. It's pretty great. Now, they have the advantage of already having a pre-built brand. I get that. That's a lot harder for companies to do if you're just starting out. But why not sprinkle kind of that same mentality in there in addition to having the posts that you normally do with your products? Not only is that going to help you grow and help create a personality, which people respond to a lot more than just pictures of products, but it also gives you more variety and it answers that question of how do I come up with things to post? Focus on ways to get your personality across your brand, not just what you're doing or what you're selling. (laughs) One of my proudest slash most ridiculous moments in posting on Instagram was when I was at a a juggling convention this summer in Europe and I was exhausted and I was tired and I didn't even have my own clothes because the airline had lost my luggage and I needed to post something because at the time I was still posting every single day and I thought, oh no. What can I post? I'm too tired to come up with like a new juggling trick, even though I'm here at a juggling convention. I was just exhausted, and I just thought, okay, I'm trying new things, I'm in a new country, I'm doing new things every second, I'll just pick one. It doesn't have to be an impressive thing, it doesn't have to be a great thing, I've created a brand around myself that hopefully is about me and not what I'm doing. And I realized that I had just tried these new sort of cookies from England called Jaffa Cakes and I had never tried them before and I thought they were really good and I thought I guess I could just post that. (laughs) So I straight up just went and filmed a video where I hold up a Jaffa Cake, I take a bite and that's it. That's the video. Yeah. It did really well. That video did like slightly above average. It was ridiculous. But because I had created a brand and focused more on my personality, I allowed myself the room to create that variety. So when my back was up against the wall of needing to post, you know, my brain came up with that idea. I think it really does just come down to the fact that there are so many ways to create content. There's so much out there to create. It's just that we're getting in our own ways about it. We put up these walls around us to create boxes that we feel like we have to fit in. Oh, if I'm a juggler, I have to post juggling. I can't also post kendama. If I'm a fashion person, everything has to be about my fashion. It's like, no, make it about your brand. Don't make it about the thing you're doing because the thing you're doing, you're gonna run out or you're just gonna post so infrequently that you never grow. And it's just so much pressure. It's it's unnecessary walls that you're putting around yourself. When you start tearing down those walls, that you built, I think your creativity flows and I think your reach expands and it becomes a lot easier to come up with things to post. So if you're struggling with ways to create a lot of content, those are my tools that I've learned. Consider simplifying what you're posting so that you can make more of it. Add variety, not only to what you're doing, but how you're doing it. And think about the brand and the tone and the personality that you want to convey. I think if you keep all of those things in mind, it can open up your creativity in a way that really surprises you. There are no rules on Instagram. The only rules that are out there that I see people doing are the ones that they created for themselves. There's nothing that says that you have to do the hardest tricks in sequence. There are no rules that say that you can't do the same thing twice in just a slightly different way. And there are no rules that say that just because you have a food blog doesn't mean you can't also post a picture of your dog. It's sort of the Wild West and you can figure it out as you go. Try different things. Take down the walls that you've created first so that you have that freedom to experiment and do different things. And yeah, you might have a lot of flops and you might make mistakes, but it's fine. You're not going to make any huge mistakes in one post that really affect you. So don't be afraid to try that different thing or try these different techniques. Simplify add variety, try different styles. That's how you come up with things to post. You tell yourself you're going to do it and you think about ways to do it. I really hope this advice helped. I think about it a lot and I do think that these are valuable tips. I think anyone out there who's struggling with making more content should start at least thinking about these things that I talked about. I'm not saying that these are the holy grail of tips of things that are going to suddenly open your mind to creativity, but I think they will help. So Good luck with that, and I hope you have a great time. That's the most important thing. Have fun. That's enough talking about that stuff. Let's talk about the next thing, the next section. The next section is a comment or message that I got this week that I either enjoyed or found weird. And this week, it's actually a comment that had a really good question that I wanted to talk about. And that question was, let me see, I should actually, I should pull up the real one. Alright, so I posted a video yesterday of me trying a trick over and over and over again. It was a time lapse, and then I eventually almost get it at the end, but it was very clear in the video that it was a long time lapse. I had been doing this for at least an hour, and uh, the video didn't actually do that well. You know, it was a new thing. I was trying a new thing with time-lapses, I'd never done that before, and the video performed below average. Oh well, you know, I was trying to add variety, uh, think about the different way to present this thing that I like doing, and it didn't really pay off. You know, it didn't hurt me though. I still, I gained some followers from it and a lot of people liked it. But overall, it was a below average video and that's fine. I'm still really glad that I tried it. And I again, I want to drill that in your head that you should try different techniques, different experiments. Stop treating your Instagram like it's this permanent museum that you have to present polished things in. Try different posts and see what happens. See what works. <laughs> anyway, I tried this new style and uh, yeah, it focused on showing how hard it is for me to get a trick and like just how much time I put into learning this one trick and I still didn't even get it and so one person commented and said when do you say I'm done for the day slash session so they're asking at what point do I stop practicing when do I tell myself I'm done and that's a really good question uh, it's something I've actually struggled with a lot throughout juggling and I've asked a lot of pros about it and how they do this and I don't know if I have a full answer to that but For me, I tend to listen and pay attention to my progress. And I think this is really important. I just released my goal workbook on Patreon. It's only $5 to get access to it. And I talk about the process that I use when learning uh, new things and when setting goals. And in one section of it, I talk about the process of reflecting and revising. And part of that includes during practice. You know, it's something I notice a lot when people are learning new things, especially if they're not used to learning new things. Like if, if, they don't have a lot of skills already under their belt, they will kind of go on autopilot and they'll just start practicing over and over again without paying attention to what's working and what's not working. And what happens is your brain is really smart and it'll still do it. I mean, autopilot works to an extent. It won't crash. Your brain will slightly make improvements here and there and subconsciously improve but if we take a little bit more control of that and we take the wheel consciously i think that your learning can go a lot faster a lot of people like to think that people who learn quickly are just more coordinated or something but i think it really does come from the ability to reflect on what's happening i think that comes from just practicing learning in and of itself that's a skill and for me, I've gotten pretty good at, like, when I learn something, I am instantly able to pay attention to what's happening. You know, if I'm trying to catch a condometric, I can see it coming up. I can see where it's landing. I'm, like, inputting all this information because I've practiced doing that. My brain is pretty good at recognizing what's going wrong and what's going right. To answer this person's question, when do I know when to stop? Uh, For me, I just try to pay attention to when that ability to reflect and revise on what I'm learning starts diminishing. When I'm practicing and it starts becoming worse. When my brain starts to space out or when I'm physically getting tired and I'm not Keeping up with the things that I'm learning. It's just paying attention, right? It's paying attention to your body. It's paying attention to your brain. It's paying attention to what's happening. And if you're paying attention, you can start to realize when things aren't being efficient anymore. When I'm practicing anything, I just try to be mindful of that. I try to pay attention to when I start losing the ability to improve. Effectively and then I'll move on to the next trick or I'll quit for the day I thought that was an interesting question. It was a really good question and I wanted to share it with you guys So good job on that person again If anyone wants my goal workbook, you can get it by becoming a cool otter or above on patreon. You know, I worked really hard on it I'm really proud of it. So All right, next up is another section where I talk about somebody on social media who is inspiring me or some other word for inspire And today, I wanted to talk about a friend of mine, actually, who whenever she posts, I actually get really excited because I think that she's doing a lot of stuff right. And I think every time she posts, she gets better, in my opinion. And that is my friend Sarah Noel. Her primary Instagram is of her juggling, and it's called goddess423. So if you want to go follow her, it's on Instagram. It's goddess, G-O-D-D-E-S-S, 423 with an underscore. Sarah Noel. She's really great. I love her feed. If you pull up her feed instantly, you'll see a lot of variety with how she's presenting it, which I talked about. She's in different locations. She's got slightly different angles. She's doing a lot of really great stuff that way. And I always love how fresh her videos feel when they come up. It doesn't feel like the same boring crap (laughs) over and over again. You know, she might throw in a photo here and there. She does stuff with her fashion. It's it, she's created a great brand. When I see her posts, I'm like, this is this is Sarah. It's not just, oh, look, it's another juggler. And, and I think she does a really great job with that. And not only that, you know, she's got beautiful club juggling in a way that just hurts my brain. I cannot comprehend most of it. I can't do any of it pretty much. And so she's very inspiring that way. But really just her style, her personality, her, her brand is really good. And I am so proud of her. And I get really excited when I see her stuff. Goddess423 underscore Sarah Noel. Thanks for inspiring me this week, Sarah. As I wrap up this podcast, we come into the last section. And that is my three questions. What did I try this week? What did I learn? And what did I accomplish? What did I try this week? Uh, This week, I started juggling again. I I know that sounds weird, but... Basically, over the last couple months, I've gotten really focused on trying to create videos for YouTube and that's taken up a lot of my time. And so my juggling practice, my training that I have been doing for a while, where I would intentionally go juggle for one or two hours almost every day, took a back seat. I stopped doing that. I haven't really juggled since the summer. I stopped, I think the last time I actually went to a gym and practiced juggling was maybe in September. So it's been a few months And this week, I decided that I was going to make it a priority. I was going to get back into it. So this week, I tried practicing real juggling, hardcore juggling, and that felt really good. It was really fun. I also tried this week focusing on thinking intentionally about what I want to do with Taylor Tries and where I want it to go. I feel like I'm in a transitionary period, and I don't quite know what I'm transitioning into, and so I'm trying to figure it out. And I I tried that this week. I tried brainstorming that. I started researching a lot about business and performance and all these different aspects of avenues that I might go down. So that was a big part of this week. That's what I tried. What did I learn? I learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship and comedy. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, I've been like taking online classes and reading and researching all these different things associated with uh, social media and and potential things that I could turn social media into. And so I learned a lot this week about that. What did I accomplish? I finished editing two videos. Well, I I finished editing one video and then I made a video of my juggling practice, which isn't that hard to do, but either way, I'm really proud I got two videos done this week and that's awesome. I also finished going through this massive amount of footage that I shot over the summer in Afghanistan And that has just taken me forever because there's so much good footage, but I really wanted to like show it respect and go through all the footage I got because there's so much great stuff in there. And I'm really happy that I did. I'm happy that I took the time to go through all of it. And I'm going to make a great video for the IJ, the International Jugglers Association, with it. And I'm also going to make a great video for me. I'm really excited about that. That was a huge accomplishment. was Going through all the footage, you know, the almost two weeks of footage, just shooting nonstop. (laughs) But it's beautiful. And, you know, I cried a few times. It's really it was close to my heart. So I definitely cried a bit while going through the footage. That is it for the podcast. There's nothing else really that I have on the agenda to talk about. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for all your support. And thank you for tuning in every week or, you know, binge listening. Is that a thing? Binge listening? Either way, thank you for listening to this podcast. I put a lot of time into it. It's it's definitely hard. It's new for me. And I'm learning every week. But I appreciate you guys sticking with me and helping me figure this out. I, it's really been a great experience. If anyone listening isn't familiar with my social media presence, you can go onto my website at taylortries.com slash yay y-a-y and there's all the fancy links there that will redirect you to all my pages. All of my content is supported purely by the patrons who support me on Patreon so if any of you listening out there really appreciate what I do and want to support that you can go over to patreon.com slash taylortries and become a member of my otter club. You get a lot of great exclusive stuff including that goal workbook that I talked about and it really just helps me so I appreciate everyone who supports me right now on Patreon. Thank you guys so much. That is it. I will see you next week. Except I won't see you. You'll hear me. You will hear me next week. The podcast is over. There isn't any more to say. At least not this week. But I'll be back next Thursday.